Hi, and welcome to the Unconventionalist Podcast, the show about what it's really like to do work you love. My name is Mark Roost, and today's guest is public speaker coach Alex Merry. But before I get into today's interview, I just wanted to share with you some exciting news, and that is that my TEDx talk that I gave at TEDx Cardiff back on the 22nd of April 2017 is officially ready. It's not yet uploaded on the official TEDx YouTube channel, but the organizers are sorting it out. So hopefully my video should be up before the end of the month and hopefully in the next few weeks. But the very exciting thing is I got to see a preview of it and to give you a bit of a background story, it was originally uploaded on the 8th of June, the same days of the general elections in the UK, and there was a bit of a problem with the edit. And I won't go into too much details because I'm going to be doing a video later on about this. But the point being is that I actually asked organizers to, to pull it down and they kindly did so. And I also asked if they could go back to the video company and ask for a, a different edit. And they did. And they've come back and delivered an amazing edit of the video. So I'm super proud of it. I'm very excited. And in fact, make sure to listen to the entire show today. And at the end, there's a bit of a sneak preview of Alex's reaction because I showed Alex the talk. Ah! Are you excited, Alex? Yeah, let's do it. <laughs> the audio quality is a little bit different than the rest of the show, but you can see it's quite funny, uh, the kind of the original reaction that you had when you listened to the show. So make sure to listen to that to the end. Uh, the other thing is I'm very excited to announce that we're about to reach 25,000 downloads on the podcast, and we're about to hit the two-year mile. How crazy is that? How exciting is that? I'm so excited about releasing the, the special two-year episode, so watch out for that. And I'm also going to be releasing my new Impact Accelerator. I just finished the, the first cohort. We graduated on the 28th of June. It was so amazing to see them all give a public talk at the end. It was super exciting. Some of the friends were there. It was just incredible to see the journey they've been on. Some of them had never done public speaking before or were terrified of doing videos. And they're all like Facebook living and Instagramming and so forth. So I just could not be more proud of them. And their stories really matters. And your story really matters. And so you're interested in finding a bit more about the Accelerator. I'll be launching the applications in the coming weeks. So make sure you look out for that. If you want to drop me a message or an email to let me know that you're interested, I'll make sure I'll put you on the top of the queue. Uh, and that's it. And today's guest is actually uh, my TEDx speaker coach. He's, I did a, a, you know, he helped me kind of shape my TEDx talk as well. He was one of the people that helped me out. And um, and it's such a hot topic, right? Public speaking. And, and there was this article I read once that more people are willing to be buried alive than to speak in public, which I thought was completely crazy, which basically people are more concerned about the idea of speaking in front of an audience than dying. And surely that can't be right. And so I sat down with Alex today to kind of pick his brain in terms of why does he think that so many people are afraid of speaking in public and what can people learn from it? I also asked him questions about, you know, what does it take to, to land a TEDx talk? And uh, what, what's the difference between a TEDx idea and just a kind of a story? And why does the world actually not care about a story in a TEDx content? You know, that, that was a really interesting conversation. But we also lean towards the more serious side of this podcast that I love. And maybe not the serious side, but the deeper side about what's the challenges of running your own business and setting up your own business and going at it. And it's just an incredible reminder that, you know, when we open up and we share the real journey, we actually connect. And Alex was kind enough to kind of share about his journey as well. So there's lots of juicy stuff in this episode. Make sure to listen till the end. And I can't wait for you to hear the Alex's reaction to watching my TEDx talk. But until we get there, I give you the one and only Alex May. Alex Mary, welcome to the show. What's up? <laughs> you finally made it. You're here. 
how difficult has it been to get me <laughs> in the studio? <laughs> Dude, it was like this incredible, um, every single time something happened, right? I had an emergency and then one point the trains just weren't working, you got stuck and I thought you were like making it up but then you sent me a video of someone singing happy birthday in the train. It's the classic excuse, right, of, oh, my train is delayed and you're like, yeah, that is rubbish. <laughs> but I've got video evidence to prove. People singing happy birthday on the tube, you know something's gone wrong. Like central <laughs> London rush hour. If people are singing happy birthday, birthday strangers <laughs> you know that it's not quite right yeah Alex, i'm so excited to have you today for for a, a few reasons but one of them is that the work that you do is so needed especially for the community of this podcast who want to get their message out into the world they want to sort of uh, spread the kind of the revolution and you know scale their impact <laughs> and so forth and there's no better way than doing that than public speaking right and it just so happens that you are a speaker coach that is true. Yeah. <laughs> uh, and you're also the uh, curator or the founder of TEDx Clapham. Mm -hmm. How the F did you end up being a speaker coach? That's I used to hate public speaking. I still don't particularly like it, if I'm being completely honest. I don't, <laughs> I don't do that much speaking. Um, and I've got a best man speech to do in a week's time. I am absolutely bricking it, taking, <laughs> taking none of the advice I give other people. <laughs> so, um, yeah, good question. Uh, I used to co-run a student marketing company that we grew from like four people to 250 people over seven years. All of it was done through public speaking. It was kind of before businesses realized social media was good. This was the chief operating officer. Yeah, the yeah. CEO of Champions, yeah. uh, Champions Life Academy. Was, yeah. Just traveled the country speaking. I was speaking every single day. Um, I was doing like five elevator pitches in front of rooms of 400 people. Uh, to try and get people to like this information meeting and then yeah. we'd run an information meeting every single day and that's how we kind of grew the company yeah um, that was like my in that was my real sort of introduction having been at school being like uh, i don't really like speaking in front of people <laughs> i do like I'd, I'd create really bad speeches at like the school public speaking competition yeah. just so i didn't have to go to the next round because the next round <laughs> is you get to speak in front of more people um it's just brutal school is like a pack of hyenas waiting for you to screw up <laughs> so my kind of thing with public speaking has been really rocky yeah but it was through that that i ended up doing some stuff with ted yeah um and fanning tedx clapham and then things just kind of took off from yeah there. but you used to be the uh, football coach at your university <laughs> so yeah, surely so surely you must have like had a few like one of those you know half-time rah-rah moments of like come on boys that we gotta get <laughs> back in there and scored some goals i'd totally scream at my guys <laughs> at half time <laughs> yeah i would oh that was cool um i was really lucky to be coaching some really good players like yeah. way better than uh, i was i deserved as a coach to yeah. be honest um but yeah I, I mean i was i had no that was at a point where i wasn't doing any public speaking at all sure. uh, it was just i don't know there's a mindset shift when you're teaching people suddenly speaking in front of a few people doesn't matter because you feel like you've got something of value to say. Yeah. And that's a, that's a big thing, right? Yeah. I think one of the big reasons why people have issues with public speaking is they don't know whether what they've got to say is going to be of any value. Mm. And any time anyone goes on stage, they practice their content in front of the audience that matters. When really, and you know this through mm. doing your talk, right? Um, if you can practice your talk in front of, just practice it a lot in front of people where it doesn't matter if you screw up, you start to realize what's valuable, what isn't valuable, yeah. what's going to work, what isn't, etc. Et yeah, and we're going to talk about the whole TEDx journey because that, <laughs> that was one hell of a journey. <laughs> but um, there's something that I, you know, I read the other day, which I thought was absolutely fascinating that there are more people who would rather be buried alive than speaking in public yeah how crazy is that or do you think actually yeah that's the what you experience you've had by coaching hundreds of people to date including world boxing champions um what what's been your experience in dealing with people with the fear around public speaking 
It's a really weird one. You've got people who want to speak too much and they're the ones who um, kind of speak for the wrong reasons. And then you've got people who don't want to speak at all and they're the ones who I kind of want on stage. Yeah. Uh, I was in New York recently with uh, Ted's, with the, like, the big, they ran their conference a couple of months ago and a few of the other organizers from across the world, we got together and we were saying, you know, one of the dreamy kind of speakers that we want speaking at one of our events is like the reluctant speaker. Mm. They've got like this absolute goal that they could share that could be like mind blowing. Mm. Um, But they kind of want to keep it to themselves. And um, yeah, so there's this real sort of... um, Parality between people who are like, hey, I want to get on stage, give me some spotlight. It's very Marmite. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But why why do you think people are afraid of public speaking? So I had this theory that schools ruined everything. (laughs) (laughs) And that was basically based on my experience. I just thought the way I got introduced to it really massively put me off. Yeah. Um, But then I spoke at a school a few months ago and I realized that young kids, like 11, 10, 11, 12 year olds at least, they do not mind speaking. They are not nervous. It doesn't matter whether they're introverted, extroverted. They do not mind speaking or speaking up mm. in like a small classroom environment, mm. which I was really surprised about. Yeah. I did the, I opened my kind of talk, if you like, with the one thing that I tell people not to open with, just to see what happened, because I don't really speak to kids. I just said, hello, just to see if I get a response back. Everybody said hello back. You try doing that in front of a load of adults, <laughs> deadpan <laughs> silence, awkwardness <laughs> fills the room, and the adults are like, oh shit, it's going to be some kind of motivational, bloody, or yeah. whatever. Yeah. Um, so I actually think that it's, it's your teenage years, I think it's probably, puberty probably makes a big difference when yeah. you start finding um, another person attractive and you don't want to make an idiot in front of yourself I think that's where things start to change yeah. I don't think it's necessarily school's fault yeah. but I do think they could probably help um, make that yeah. transition way better so and, people didn't feel ashamed and yet you believe that public speaking can transform your life and transform your business 100% yeah it's there's something really raw about it you can't uh, essentially what I do is communication coaching right if you like And uh, here's the deal. Everybody's an expert communicator, but for most people, it's unconscious. You Mm. can spot whether somebody's being genuine or not. You don't need any coaching for that kind of thing. Um, And there's something about speaking on stage. You cannot hide. There's nowhere to hide. You're out there. It's raw, which is why if you can create a talk um, and, you know, in this day and age, rather than go on a big speaking circuit, which is how I sort of grew my last business. Um, but if you can do one talk, put it online and put it in front of the people who need to see it, a TEDx environment with kind of what you've just done is a great example. Mm. Um, it, it provides a piece of content that is probably more valuable than the stuff you get your, um, social media marketers to create for you because all of that stuff's behind a screen, a nice photo of you, um, and uh, a nice little quote next to you that will that'll get a few likes and stuff, but it'll only go so far. If you want people to see the real you and get behind the surface and create something that's really valuable that mm. can you know, make you a big return on investment, wh- whatever it is that you're looking to do, sure. I think uh, speaking is a great way to do it because most people don't want to do that. So what do you think gets in the way of people listening to the show of recording the first videos or doing the first public talks? It's trying to be too perfect. Mm. Uh, it's a simple case of perfection. Paralysis really sounds obvious, but I think that's the case. And... Mm. With the business that I'm running right now, I have to produce content, content, content all the time. And I remember running my first ever Facebook Live. The amount of time I put into that Facebook Live, I don't put any time in my, into my Facebook Lives anymore. Because there's no, there's no, as long as you know kind of what you want to say and what the audience is going to get out of it, just see what happens. Yeah. Uh, don't be afraid to make a mistake. Yeah. Um, and this is the thing, right? Speaker coaches, a lot of people think, so I was playing tennis yesterday. 
and uh, one of the guys he he knows that I'm a speaker coach he was like so have you done any elocution lessons today and I was like that is just not what I do <laughs> and I don't know what it is but as soon as you start running well, you, you, because you probably think about the the king's speech do you remember the, the yeah, film the king's speech yeah where like the guy comes in I forgot his name now but he comes in and he kind of helps him and he does all these exercises putting music on and with the headphones mm-hmm. and elocution so that maybe that one of the big national references to speaker coach will be that film I hadn't made that connection but yeah. totally <laughs> I guess that's what people must think I do. Yeah. <laughs> you put headphones on and radio and yeah. very, very little, of the, very, very little of that. I think. So, what do you actually do then? So t- t- tell us a little bit more about you know what your business is and and how do you actually take some from someone? Because one of the videos you say is like, I want to take you from where you are to where you want to be in that kind of journey of of becoming a better public speaker, a more competitive public speaker. What do you do then? You work with people on the one to one, and you do people and group and group. So coaching. I have a br- I have like a three month group coaching program, yeah. uh, and I have I do one to one stuff. Yeah. Um, the interesting thing with the one-to-one stuff is the people who do the one-to-one stuff, they are pretty high up in and very, very successful already. Mm. So actually, if I'm being completely honest, they don't listen to a word I say. <laughs> <laughs> right? I'm not going to beat around the bush. It's like, why are you? Why have you even hired me? <laughs> like, you want my opinion. Here it is. <laughs> you're paying me for that opinion. But you, no, 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 you're still right. Okay, sure. Okay. So, um, with why, why don't they listen then? Why do you think they, what, what do you think it is about someone who's successful to hire someone to help them be a better coach, but then doesn't listen to it? Um, I think they, um, I think they're very much set in their ways. Um, and uh, what I provide people uh, to a degree is perspective. Mm. When you, particularly when you run your own business and you're in it every single day, it's very hard to see the wood from the trees. Yeah. Um, so True. I think that there's an element of freshness that I can provide. So I have to, when I'm working with people one to one, I have to put them in situations where they, um, where they get to try their own ideas and they see that it doesn't work that well, and then they're mm. much more receptive to taking on some perhaps new angles yeah. and stuff. Love that. Um, and, and the yeah. mentorship. So, so uh, then we're going to jump into the the mentor program that you took us from, uh, sure. took us on. But um, so you've got, it's on the 1st of August. 1st of August. Yeah, that's the applications New are intake. open now. New yeah, intake, yeah, yeah. boom. So tell us a bit more about this mentorship program then. Um, three months program, public speaking accelerator. It's all about getting you to land right and deliver a talk mm. that is this one piece of content that you can use that is going to be, you know, you can use as like a, a show piece of content for you, mm. your business, your, your cause, whatever it is. Yeah. Um, that will open doors and create opportunities for you. Yeah. Uh, in depending on what it is that you're looking to do, a lot of people who take it run their own businesses. Yeah. Uh, a lot of people who take it run coaching programs and so forth. Yeah. Uh, and a lot of people want to land big talks, mm. whether it be at South by Southwest or Can Lion or TEDx, or whatever yeah. it is. And I, what I do is I essentially facilitate from the perspective of someone who um, who runs an event like that. Yeah. Uh, I'll give you like an organized perspective on what yeah. will and won't work. <clears throat> And I'll also help you create a talk that provides value. Yeah. Uh, this is like the, th- is this your third group now? Your third, third round. Third, yeah, yeah. Yeah. So I was, for everyone listening to this, so I had the pleasure of being with the first guinea pig. One of the first you guinea were. pigs, I think. Yeah. You were the guinea pig, Mark. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, no, because the way that we met, and I think it's really cool to, to sort of share that way that we met is that you gave a talk, um, I think it was at Google Campus. Yeah. And then uh, we sort of exchanged emails. And then like, hey, by the way, I'm opening up this a program and it was so cheap at the time. I remember it was like just like okay, I just want to get people in there, get all the content tested out, and there was maybe ten of us, I think, at yeah, the time. About 10. Yeah. yeah. Um and it was it was it, for us one of the angles was like how do we can we land a TEDx talk or how we can uh, uh, you know land a, a talk of a lifetime. And um 
I gave a TEDx talk. You did. <laughs> and you haven't seen it yet. I haven't. I can't <laughs> wait to see it. <laughs> but um, yeah, so what, 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 So one of the aspects of this show is about both the business aspect of like, you know, the struggles and daily hustle of like running the business with also the content that you're sharing, right? So what was it like for you to launch that first pilot program without having done it before? Like what were some of the fears that you had or what were some of the obstacles you had to overcome? Uh, first off, I, I had no idea what... Uh, what to charge i just threw mm. plucked a figure out of the air and i made it mega mega cheap yeah. just to just to see whether i could create that i didn't really know whether i could get you guys a result that was the that was the real sort of honesty behind yeah, it. Yeah. it was a it was a bit of a a gamble it was a bit of a gamble yeah. but i think that when you're setting up a business and you're starting out and i know a lot of people in your yeah. audience probably do that you've kind of got to back yourself Mm. Um, and if you're in a situation where things aren't working, you've got to work out how you can sort of make that work. Yeah. Uh, but otherwise, you never get anything started. So yes, it was a complete gamble when I kicked this off. Yeah. But it's had some great success. And um, But it was great because the barrier of entry was low. Right. So you got people on this funnel. You managed to test out all your content, see what worked. Because I remember you said, oh, I'm going to change a few things around for the next iteration. And, um, and you got results. You know, two of us, 100% have landed a and given a TEDx talk, Tom Boone. If mm. it isn't this, 100% you will. Um, but I, I, you know, I'm also going to say that you know, thank you so much for having taken us through that program because if it weren't for you, I, I definitely think, I know, that my talk would not have been the same. 100%. Because people who don't understand, and maybe explain a bit more about this, TEDx organizers from around the world, around the UK, they vary, right? According mm. to the organizations and the events. And that's one thing that I realized when I gave my TEDx talk. I was like, oh, at least I had some coaching. At least I had some help on that. And you help me. Um, I don't know where I'm going with this, but I was going with somewhere. It sounds great. <laughs> no, so, so yeah, so what was it like for you to actually see us? Like some of us kind of land these TEDx talks and see us give those talks. And that must have been pretty cool as like an organizer of the, of the program. So awesome. Uh, you know, we're, uh, us as a group of organizers across the world, we all have our kind of different quirks and what we like in a talk and all of that stuff. Uh, but ultimately, we have got this we want to put good ideas out into the world mm. that can create change on a, on a bigger scale and a bigger level. Yeah. And to see that, um, you know, to see you, you and Tom come through land two of the biggest, uh, TEDx gigs in the UK. Mm. It's awesome. Yeah. <laughs> like really, really cool. I can't wait to see your talk. Yeah. Thanks man. Um, so here's, here's a question. So people listening to this might be interested also maybe giving their own TEDx talk or at least pitching for TEDx talk. Um, now there's a really fundamental pillar of the program that you talk about is like the idea and what makes a, a, a TEDx idea or a TED idea for someone who still thinks that an idea is the same thing as a message or as a title or whatever that have you how do you explain or describe what an idea is or a TED worthy idea uh, so Chris Anson describes it as something that can change the way people see the world mm. um, I actually think that if you want to really appeal to uh, a TEDx organizer uh, one of the things that I really took from my trip to New York with TED was that they see themselves as a philanthropy organization. Mm. Um, change is the big word. What are you going to change on a bigger level? I think a lot of people think that uh, their TEDx talk can be an X Factor story of theirs. Everybody <laughs> likes to think they've got their own X Factor story, yeah. right? And we all do. And yeah. that's totally fine. Keep it to your friends and family. Don't don't put it on stage. Nobody mm. cares. Mm. Literally, no, it's like very Gary V, right? Nobody cares. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but no, honestly, nobody really cares about your story unless you're uh, a mega famous celebrity and they, you know, and mm. then maybe you've got some some kind of ground to go on. Mm. What what you've got to do is you've got to extract from your personal experiences, from your professional experiences, some real value that can be applied um, in a particular context in a in a 
in a really big way. Yeah. Um, and, and some awesome things can happen. Like some of the talks that have happened at my events, uh, government legislation has changed. Uh, new businesses have been created by people in other countries who don't know the speakers who did the initial talk. Yeah. Um, just 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 loads of cool stuff that happens yeah and you've got a couple of really great success stories uh, under your belt um one of them is so brian rose is the founder and ceo of london real mm. uh, and he gave a tedx talk at text clapham i think it's had about a quarter million views now if i'm mistaking and you've also had um i forgot his name now just his name escaped the guy who was gq's one of the most influential uh roger frampton that's it there you go who's like one of the top 100 most viewed tedx talk of all time yeah he's in the top i don't know where he is now but he's definitely well into the top 100 yeah like fifth most watched talk of last year but it came out at like th- four or five months into this year so so, so cool. roger what what happened with roger like if you could if you could distill what made that a success story what would you say it was um a lot of things outside of his control mm. uh, is probably one of the biggest things. Mm. Uh, he did a lot of the, he put a lot of the right things in place at the right time for sure. Uh, but I think there are three things that it takes to really go viral. Mm. And when you've got long form video like this, like 14, 15, 16 minutes, um, to get a million views or he's on 1.6 at the moment, but Ooh. to get that number of views is really, really difficult because we like quick wins online when we're watching stuff on social media. The cat videos that have like 80 million views, they're 30 seconds to 90 yeah. seconds long. Yeah. Like it doesn't take much of your time. So to, to expand on that is, is much, much harder. Yeah. I think that you need topic, timing, and audience. I think those three things need to be together. Mm-hmm. And I think that there is a massive culture of movement and health and um, uh <sighs> I don't know, like almost mindful, yeah, mindfulness well-being. going on, well-being. Yeah. Yeah. All of that stuff is happening at the moment, and I yeah. think that the nature of his talk speaks to a lot of people in that yeah. in that world, which will have definitely helped. Yeah, um, yeah, and it's grown. I think it's grown his audience a fair amount too. I'd imagine. Yeah, I mean, it was interesting because I was looking at your testimony on your website, and um, and it, it's it, yeah, it must be it must be something quite challenging because for people who don't understand, the journey of a TEDx talk is brutal. Hmm. Like if you do it properly, like you, I think having seen now a bunch of events, you can tell very quickly those who've actually prepared to give a proper TEDx talk or a proper TED talk and those who've kind of, as you said, shared their story. Um, why is TED not the stage to share your story? Uh, because it's about ideas. It's not about stories. Yeah. <laughs> simply, simply that. Like TED's slogan is ideas worth sharing and or ideas worth spreading. Yeah. Um, but I think a lot of people to define an idea, it's taken me a really long time, even as an organizer to really define what an idea is. It's it's actually quite a difficult thing to do. Um, so really you've got to think about what the bigger result of your talk is. And you know, when we did the program, we talked very much about legacy. What's the legacy of your talk? People Mm. watch this talk. What's going to happen after that? Mm -hmm. That's really what kind of needs to happen. Um, people mistake, um, you know, I threw so I ran an event last night and I was like, so throw out some words to me, um, that. Are related to kind of this this what you believe the concept of ted and all that stuff's about and inspiration motivation were like the first two things that came up here's my theory on inspiration and motivation we forget how what it feels like to learn as adults so when we learn something new and it kind of blows our mind a little bit we're like oh my god think about all the possibilities that is so inspiring that's so motivating and you you think oh i could get sucked up and 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 into that really all we've done is learn something new yeah. Right, And the very, very best talks, they just shine a light on an area that you may or may not know about and they talk about it in a completely different way. Yeah, We mistake that learning experience for for 
inspiration motivation I, yeah and, and that's i think where a lot of the poorer tedx talks out there because unfortunately there are a lot yeah uh that's where a lot of those have come from yeah and i think there's also one thing the big reality check that i had on my journey was that most people who want to give a tedx talk want to give it for the wrong reasons hmm. and i actually had to be really honest with the tedx organizers that I ended up speaking at which was i came to them and said I came for this for all the wrong reasons. It was all about me. It was all about like raising my profile and putting myself out there, ticking the box of- Right, I've bucket done, list. Yeah, bucket list, TEDx talk. And it was all about me. And the journey that went through you and Chris Anderson's book and also all the other different books I read about public speaking and so forth, is that really wasn't about me. It was about this idea. And, and I think, I, I forgot if it was you or Chris Anderson that spoke about this, but it's like, it's a gift. It's what's the gift you want to give to the mm. audience? What's, what is it that you want to give to the people listening to this that's going to somehow change the way they see the world? But that can be a lot of pressure for people who listen to it. They're like, oh my God, I don't know if I've got this big idea. Uh, yeah. Do you think everyone has an idea to share? Mm, no. But I think, I think more people do than they realize. Mm. Um, yeah, I, th I just think it can take time. I think timing is absolutely everything mm. in this kind of context. Mm. And uh, when you get to a point where you can't wait anymore, like I've got, a f I've got like a private group. And uh, in that private group, uh, somebody was just like, oh, I'm not sure whether I want to get into speaking or not. I was like, you'll know when you want to get into speaking because this, it suddenly just doesn't become a choice. Mm. Like, you know that it's an effective way to get a message out there that mm. needs to be shared that's going to create some change and make the world a little bit better in, in, in its yeah. own way. Yeah. Like, suddenly you're worrying about stage fright and all that. Suddenly stage fright becomes completely irrelevant because mm. you're dealing with something that's way more important. But with that becomes, comes a lot of responsibility and it can feel often very, very lonely mm. uh, at times. Yeah, uh, but that's no different to what anyone feels when they run their own business, right? Yeah, like, that's true. And we talked about this, so because the original idea we can talk about was like how you don't have to start a business to be happy and all right. this stuff. You remember because we, we talked grass about is the, greener. the grass is greener. Yeah, we were talking about the um and how many different iterations the idea had. You know, we kept on going over and over again, and they came to a point where we're like, Mike, you're gonna have to choose. Like you <laughs> can't just keep on going over all these different ideas and stuff. Someone listening to this, if you could whisper to them in their in their ears. And they're thinking about, Alex, how do I start figuring out if my idea is an idea, not just a story or a message? What would you want to tell them to start looking out for? Uh, signs of when you talk about your idea and people bring it up again, like three, four, five, six, seven, eight weeks later. Mm. Like if they sh talk about your idea in front of people and it's like, uh, and, and just start with your friends and don't, don't like build it up to be this big thing. Just throw it out there and see whether people start coming back to you being like, I can't stop thinking about that. Mm. If you've got it, if you start doing that, um, there's often there's there's something there that can potentially grow. Yeah. Do you have an example of an idea that you want to share that 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 for you like you, you, you kind of made a difference or an impact? Uh, so working with somebody at the moment actually who um, made me think a little bit differently about things, and mm. she was like, she's talking about she wants to redefine the definition of disease, mm. and uh, she's talking about how we associate disease with uh, third world countries um, and famine and and all of these things, whereas yeah. there are lots of like silent diseases that are uh, prevalent everywhere in mm. the in like first world countries today. And I was like, I never really thought about it that way. Yeah. Um, so that's sort of when she said that, it sort of like my your it's like a dog right the dog's ears prick up when it hears like food or the, the food tin <laughs> rattling you that's what tedx organizers have yeah. when you when you hear an idea that like kind of tickles yeah. your fancy and you want them to elaborate and expand on that more yeah there's something that you said that was really helpful which you said you know you can take a basic idea but it has to have a twist so like you can talk about something that you maybe you've heard before maybe it sounds obvious but if you add a twist to it suddenly it makes it more interesting because there's some obvious stuff like 
um, I don't know, uh, I don't know what it is, but it's like being mean to someone will have a negative impact on them. Okay, well, we all know that. But maybe you can add a twist to that and then suddenly you don't, you know, I, I'm thinking about totally. it. I could, I'm thinking about a talk I saw which was about femininity. Mm. And it was like, okay, we've heard different talks about femininity, but this girl came up and basically said that hip hop could be the best vehicle for the women's movement and that the he for she was wrong and that it should be the she for he. Because until they patch up the patriarchal, uh, system within men, women are never going to get men on board. Love it. And it was like this mind-blowing talk of like just this really simple thing about femininity that we've heard before with a twist. Really, really like that. Yeah. And that's how talks, that's why talk speaking, there will always be things to speak about um, mm. in every single environment and angle. Like uh, Tim Ferriss has just done a talk at the Big Ted uh, and his talk basically was on goal setting, the most, the most saturated topic on the planet. <laughs> Everybody likes to talk about goal setting in some way. You think you've heard it all before yeah. and then um, he, he kind of brought stoicism into the concept yeah, of goal setting big, big, big and it was just just a little twist yeah. that people haven't heard before and that's kind of all you need sometimes. Yeah. Sometimes the most obvious simple ideas are the ones that you need but sometimes they're very, yeah. very hard to see. So let's say you run another TEDx Clapham Sure. Uh, what is it that you're looking for? When people want to like, people are going to be pouring emails and tweets after this podcast comes <laughs> out. Hey, Alex, I want to become one of the speakers on your next TEDx Lab. Boom. Uh, what's like the filter that you want them to know? Like, what are the things that like, the criteria is looking for? What are some of the stuff that they need to know? Don't give me something that you already spend loads of time talking about because it's not new and I don't want like secondhand goods. <laughs> um, don't give me your X Factor story. I don't care. And, um, don't say I want to speak at your event and then I reply being what do you want to speak about and then you say oh I'll speak about whatever you want me to speak about because that tells me you have no substance to yeah. what you want to say at all yeah. like have your have your micro niche if you like in business terms and really really focus on that specific thing because yeah. there's an audience there for it speaking of micro niche so you launched your business what about a year ago 2016 I think, yeah when you almost stopped, you a year to the day yeah yeah, yeah. Um, how's the ride been oh mate <laughs> <laughs> How long have you got? <laughs> Dude, it's, it's, um, it's really difficult and it takes yeah. you to new lows more than highs yeah. than um, you'd experience. Nobody really gets it. It's incredibly lonely. Most people shouldn't, should probably think twice before they, you know, everyone like... True. True every, story. Yeah. Everyone thinks that everything is all cool and you spend most of your time feeling guilty if you're not thinking about your business. Mm. Uh, you spend... Um, you just don't switch off. Like my sleeping patterns are horrendous. <laughs> <laughs> but then I wouldn't change it. Like I couldn't, I could never work. For but anybody. isn't that the crazy thing? Like I'm laughing. People can't see me because I've got a big smile on my face. But isn't that the crazy thing? Like we go on about like, I don't sleep. I don't know when I'm going to make my next paycheck. I'm constantly stressed. I don't take holidays. Right. But I wouldn't change it for the world. <laughs> totally. I Do you think we're think just insane? Do you think we're just crazy? Totally. I think you've got to have a, you've got to like a, no pain, no gain kind. You've got to have that kind of mentality because mm. you just get beaten up and it couldn't. And the, the way you get beaten up isn't always obvious. It's like mm. a slow grind every single day. <laughs> like it's like a, a little like jab, but not even one you can barely feel like on, a, on like an hourly basis yeah. throughout the day that just becomes this massive yeah. bruise. Yeah. <laughs> but you've, you've had some really good wins. Like you, am I correct to say that you went to, to the BAFTA venue or something like that? Gave a talk? Yeah, I gave a talk um, BAFTA last year, which was cool. Yeah. Um, yeah, I mean, don't, there are some awesome opportunities yeah. that come along the way. And uh, being, I think one of the things is really nice, like I can work anywhere in the world and I can work with anyone in the world. Yeah. That's a really 
cool thing. Uh, but the, there's a bigger play for me, really. Mm. And the bigger play is um, this is all about creating... I've got two, two things. I'd love to longer term with speaking hit a billion views for mm. talks that I've worked on that for me would be pretty cool like like, like a like a cumulative number of right. views of, out of all the different TED talks or yeah. the talks whatever. so I'm in like the I'm in like the early millions at the moment and I'd l it would be cool to have worked on talks that take it into the t that hit the billion figure Boom. um TED have just reached a billion. It's taken them nine years to do it. They reckon they're going to reach two billion by the end of 2017. Wow. Yeah. Which just goes to show how video is changing. Oh, yeah. I mean, I think Facebook said that by within the next five years, it will be video. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. I mean, 100%. I think that my because I did my, I just graduated with my um, Impact Accelerator program. Yeah, which I saw. Was, which was all, yeah, which was all about like owning the video and owning yourself out there, sharing a story and all that stuff. And it's incredible. Some of them have never done videos before, never done Facebook lives before, that kind of stuff. And I'm just like, you need to get on it because if you're not, we're just going to let left behind. It's totally. just look at the generation two of Snapchat. They're constantly just sharing video, streaming, all this stuff. It's nuts. Um, for someone who's thinking about starting their own business, what would be the advice you want to share with them? Put yourself into a situation where you don't have a choice. That's probably the biggest thing. When I set this business up, um, I was like, I had, I did not, I literally zero money in the bank account. No, I, I, baseline success for me is not calling up my parents and asking for money. And to this point, I've not had to yeah. do that. But that is like yeah, my bottom it. level. Yeah, right? I'm with you. Um, that's worst case scenario. I know that they'd bail me out, and I'm in a really lucky situation yeah, yeah. for them to be like, come, come live at home yeah. uh, if you can't afford your rent anymore. Whatever, like that. I've got that support, but I would that would just be the worst. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> it's um, funny. I use the same benchmark, which is like, <clears throat> up since I've left uh, uni, I've had, never had to ask my parents for money. Um, and there's this kind of idea that if you know, some I've hit real rock bottom where I'm like, like maybe like in debt of a few hundred pounds or I've got a hundred pounds in the bank account and I'm yeah. like look do you still lend you a little bit of money and I'm like no like I'm just debt free I don't want to I don't want to be um, lending money but I think that's so true this idea that if you if you put yourself in a situation where you it's kind of balls to the wall then you've just got to kind of survive I think my dad thought at one point we had a chat a few weeks ago my dad thought that I had either become like an under, underground drug dealer and that was how I was actually making my money um, or I had taken out a shitload of loans basically and he was really concerned with the, about my financial health but I've just sort of I've so far I've just managed to get by which is cool yeah um, and um, but I think by putting yourself most businesses will f probably fail early on because there is this like uh, comfortability factor that people yeah. have got yeah. Um, so maybe start off with a side hustle. Yeah, I, 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 there's absolutely nothing wrong with that, and you'll learn so much from doing 100%. that. Hundred percent, and that's why I'm, I'm teaching a class at GA actually about how to launch a side hustle. So if you listen to this in time, come and join me. Um, actually, coming to the end of the interview. Sweet. Um, before I get to the last rounds of questions, yeah, I just want to say, like, first of all, a huge thank you, like a genuine thank you for having. Um, showed up and put us through this program. I know we were guinea pigs, but you know, you're clearly really passionate. The amazing thing that I got out of the program was hearing the perspective from an organizer, from actually hearing from someone for the other line that says, if you sent me this, I'd turn this down. Or if you sent me this, I'd be in, like the dog spiking ears thing. I'd be really interested. And it's like this wealth of information that you've got about the content and how to write it and what attracts people to your talks and stuff like that is really valuable and also that you're willing to put yourself out there that you're recording these facebook lives that you're putting content out there that you're sharing and that you're training so many people so 
genuine thank you for that um appreciate that dude thanks yeah. for uh jumping on as a guinea pig <laughs> we didn't know each other you were like screw it I'll, I'll give this guy a little bit of money and see what happens <laughs> yeah no but it was awesome um what does being unconventional mean to you being different i think being different in being different is absolutely everything mm. um I'm very much, I did one of those personality tests and I'd hate all that stuff. I'd absolutely hate it. But one of the things, and I had to do it for work before, and uh, one of the things that came out was just for me, being different in some way is so key. So I basically will spend a lot of my time looking at what everybody else does and look at how I can do completely the opposite. Mm. And I think that um, when you're doing a talk, you need to do exactly the same thing. If you can be really unpredictable, mm. you will become really compelling. Mm. And if you can um, think about how you can be unpredictable early on in, on stage, particularly if you're looking to uh, have a talk that gets filmed and goes online, um, that is what's going to keep people watching. And yeah. there's an amazing talk by Benjamin Zander who does uh, who talks about classical music, okay. which I may have may or may not have uh, made you watch. But you just you just have no idea what the guy's going to do next. You can't help but watch it and love it and love him yeah. and love what he's standing for. He's trying to keep classical music alive, basically. Yeah. Um, yeah, really, really cool. So doing what everybody else isn't doing, yeah. that's probably what unconventional yeah. means to me. What's one thing most people don't know about you? <sighs> I can be quite introverted a lot of the time. Mm. A lot of people probably don't see that, mm. but I love being by myself. Uh, actually, I used to love being by myself until I started running a one-man business. <laughs> <laughs> I started craving contact with other people. <laughs> uh, but actually, yeah. I'm, I am like really, really happy um, having a lot of time to myself. Mm. And uh, what you see is what you get when you see me on stage. But actually, there is a much quieter side to me that people mm. probably don't see when they see me online or whatever. Yeah. If I could give you uh, Piccadilly Circus, the... Um, oh, don't. Those the kind of little boards at the top there, you yeah. know, like the electric, and you could put a message on the top of there that everyone would see when they're walking across London. What would be the message you'd want to put on the board? Oh, I don't know. Um, <laughs> this is probably like a personal gripe more than anything. Manners are free. <laughs> <laughs> I would love it if more people were more polite. It doesn't t- it doesn't cost anything. Just be nicer to people. Good manners. Manners are free. <laughs> Nothing to do with business, just something that. that winds me up like I love un- ungrateful people just drives me insane. So, people listen to this if they want to come and join your next uh, mentoring program, where can they go and get more information? Um, so you go facebook.com forward slash Mr. Alex Mary. I have a private group called yep. Mic Drop Moments. Yep. I put loads of free public speaking content. So yep. whether you kind of like maybe one day in a million years, maybe I'll uh, start speaking in public. There's loads of just content, content, content yep. that you can all get for free. Yep. Um, but Facebook is the best place to reach me. Yep. And if they want to apply to the program? If they want to apply to the program, contact me directly okay. and we'll chat to see whether it's right for you to apply for it. Okay, cool. Alex, thank you so much. Good luck with the rest of the uh, mentorship program. And no doubt we'll be sharing a few beers over like the hardships of running a business. (laughs) 100% dude. Appreciate it. (laughs) Thanks so much. There you have it, folks. I hope you enjoyed today's interview as much as I did. If you'd like to give Alex some love, you can do so over on social media. All you're going to do is tag him at at Mr. M-R Alex Mary. That's M-E-R-R-Y. And as always, I love to see where you're listening to this podcast. So tag me in your post at Mark Drew with us on Instagram, on Facebook, on Twitter, or whatever you cool cats are doing these days. I'm there. There's going to be all the show notes that we talked about today, all the TEDx talk that we mentioned today, all the links that we mentioned today. Make sure to go and check them out over on theunconventionalist.com. That's the shorter link to get there. 
And as promised, I'm going to give you a little sneak peek as to what Alex's reaction was when he listened to the talk. Dudes. <laughs> that is killer. You absolutely smashed it. Yeah, what do you think? Dude! <laughs> that is killer. Yeah? Yeah, 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 yeah. You should be like ecstatic with that. I mean, the way that, that opener, you know, the whole kind of create intrigue, uh, vocomotion thing, you, you're speaking to a lot of people with that. Mm. You really, really are. Lots of research in there. You make people think differently about it, introduce concept. Yeah, dude, Thanks, you should be so proud of that. That's it, Alex was super kind, super generous with his words. He seemed like he really liked it. I can't wait to share it with you. If you wanna make sure that you're the first to see this video, go over on markdrews.com and make sure to either download my book or get access to my free audio course. Once you get into my community, you'll be the first one to know when my TEDx talk is live. Thanks again for listening, everybody. And as always, I wish you a phenomenal week. And may you remember that your story matters and that it is your duty to get your message out into the world. <laughs> Dude, this is awesome. Your audience is listening to everything. <laughs>